0: I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I got gotcha. you. Right on. Cool deal. Cool deal. Welcome to the Tresus show. Which is and, uh, really just a phone call.
1: Okay. Right on.
0: So, um, now, would you like to be addressed as Tresus or Mr. Bartleby? Um, you know, whatever one you, you prefer. Tresus is fine. Okay. Right on. Cool, cool. So, uh, for those who don't know... I've got Todd on the phone. Todd Braguglia. Is that how you say it? Braguglia.
1: Braguglia. If you can say
0: ragu, if you can say bragu, you can say bragu.
1: If you can say bragu. Throw a leah on the end of it. Braguglia.
0: Bragulia. Okay, very good. And he uh, he's a tree climber, a uh, contract climber that goes really almost nationwide. And then also you have your like mobile gear selling business where you sell, um, tree gear at a kind of a better price than everybody else. So
1: Uh, I'm locked into the, the background
0: and the dirtiness
1: of how it all really works out. And, uh, a brother of ours got me into this and we made a deal in the very beginning that I would sell good gear to good people at good prices. And I wouldn't, uh, sway from the moral code uh i wouldn't sway off the moral compass i wouldn't cheat people and it's what a lot of the big businesses do is they offer great deals and free this and free that because their markup is outrageous
0: yeah and, uh, their markup's insane
1: yeah and I, I i'm not trying to make money off my brothers and sisters it, it's i'm not gonna say i'm not making money because i am it'd be silly to go forth all the effort that I put into this and not make something out of it. But uh, right. I'm not just people.
0: Yeah, 100%. You got to make some money on it for sure. So how long yeah. have you been doing the gear thing for?
1: Um, We're right at uh, right around two years now. Um, as far as as on an extreme level is what I'm doing now. Um, for seven years, I also have I am the Texas Chainsaw Mechanic. It's a small chainsaw shop. We were out of Newborn News, Virginia. We're now out, currently out of Gloucester. And I basically don't do anything with it anymore because I'm on the road all the time. And what we did is we had off hours. We ran from 4 p.m. till about midnight. And it was for people that would tear something up during the day and had to have their saw the next day. rope rotor, chain break, uh, top handle saw got dropped. Um, I would buy pallets of used saws and would sell them <clears throat> discounted parts because they were used and then eventually accumulated a lot of new parts and people would come over and hang out at the shop. And we had a kegerator and uh, dart boards and shelter board and people would come and hang out and we'd talk tree and if they needed to press a presser cord or a hitch climber or something like that, we had it for them, hand saws. And so I ran a Sherelle account for about seven years doing that. And um, through mutual friend of ours, Bill Burley, he hooked me up with Red Wing Logging and started distributing through them. And I've picked up quite a few other people and picking up my own vendors now to where I'm buying directly from manufacturers rather than going through a secondary person. So it's, the prices are going to get better
0: or at least remain fair because I can. How do people, um, how do people buy stuff from you?
1: Um, it's all been word of mouth. I don't really, I mean, every once in a while I'll throw a post up when I get a large order of things, I never expected it to go as far as it did. Um, I was used to my little saw shop and I've been working really hard on getting a website and getting it more legitimate Um, For the most part, I go to tree climbing competitions, rec climbs, um, trade shows, places like ArbFest, TTIA. Um, I just came back from the New York tree climbing competition last weekend. Uh, This weekend, I will be at the New England tree climbing competition. Um, You can follow me on Facebook, watch what I got going on. Um, I've got a huge, huge, huge group of great people that really support me in this. And, uh,
0: yeah, just, awesome.
1: if you know me, you can get it. If not reach out to somebody that does know me. Um, I answer better to text and messages. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been kind of hard here recently because I've been on the road. Yeah. Um, but
0: usually it's pretty quick, fast, in a hurry. Good deal, man. Good deal. Cool. Well, so how long have you been doing tree work?
1: I started in nineteen ninety two. We're right at thirty years. I guess working on it, thirty years. How did you get into uh, it? I cut grass, and we were every once in a while we'd drop a tree or do something stupid, and uh, we started trimming trees in an apartment complex. And I got it in my head, man, I think I could do this every day and I had a falling out with the guy I was working with, and my dad knew somebody that owned a tree business, and the guy that he'd been training for years had quit and was looking for somebody new, and so I went to work for him, a gentleman by the name of David Douglas, and he was a Colonial Williamsburg arborist, and he really gave me a great foundation introduced me to the teachings of Alex Shigo right off the jump and proper pruning techniques. And when we started, it was still, uh, it was unsafe. Um, we were climbing on three strand day cron, a uh, single snap hook, um, just saddles. Very few people actually had harnesses. Yeah. Um, nothing compared to what we have now um it was a lot of one-handing it was um a lot of tight quarters everything had to be blocked down a fireplace chunks into a flower bed um it, it was really <coughs> kind
0: of trash
1: tree work way back then when, but it, it when, gave it, a, when did
0: the industry start like changing like because i know now more like more so there I think that there's more like legitimate companies out there than there is hacks.
1: Or- I feel social media really catapulted it, but ten to twelve years ago we started getting our own equipment from genuine manufacturers before we were stealing from rock climbing and firefighters and um sailing industry, and we still do. It's still a lot of cross-culture, um, even more so now we're stealing from people doing um, uh, rope access, uh, towers, and yeah. wind turbines and things. It, it's really elevated now, and like I said, through social media, it's given us contact across board to people
0: that are just have amazing talents, and uh, the tools are just insane now um insane insane i've been in it yeah. since uh 2009 and so i got into it right when they got started getting good you know like we started getting right. good tools like the rope ridge right. came out i think that year
1: yeah kevin bingham uh nick bonner um uh richard Mumford, thompson tree tools um isc dmm they just really started pumping out all these really cool products and they still are the evolution of tree gear is just wow um and being in the position i'm in now seeing things having them in my hand and being one of the first people to get these things and actually helping with the development of things uh jim pavlison he it wasn't really reinventing the wheel, but he brought back something that people have been playing around with forever. The big Jim Hitchbreaker and making yeah. it midline attachable and being part of that has been really, really cool. Yeah, um, that's a neat, that's a
0: neat piece of kit.
1: Yeah. Um, two red wing, uh, logging and tuple burger. Um, when I first hooked up with red wing logging, they were like, Hey, uh, we're like red wing North American distribu distributors, uh, if you could find other uses for Tubal Burger products, uh, we might be able to implement them into everyday sale. And they wanted me to check out Volcanus. It's a Vol- Volcaneering rope is what it was designed around. And it's key resistant, cut resistant, abrasive resistant. And we started making lanyards out of it. And in the very beginning, I made a bunch of rigging prussics. And as a lanyard, it's similar to TriTech, It's an aramid fiber. But... And I guess we've been playing with these for almost two years now, and I've got a bunch of people that have laid 201Ts slap right into these things, and it'll stop a chainsaw. Really? Um, nobody would ever label it chainsaw proof, and they'd be walking a fine line calling it chainsaw resistant, I'm sure, because of insurance reasons, but, yeah,
0: but it's tough there's as some shit.
1: amazing stuff out there. Yeah, it, it, it's amazing it really really is amazing and it's something to do with the airman fibers they just it, it's slick and it i don't know it'll bind the chainsaw though and uh i handed them out to a bunch of people uh andre sprague joey hooks a bunch of other people turning to Michalski. um big hand of people got them in the very beginning and i know people are still running those first ones um even more people laid sugoys into them, whacked them, cut the covers, shortened them up, still running them. Um, hopefully one day we might be able to get something like that into production. I don't know. It may just be a Red Wing thing. Maybe people Burger will pick it up. I don't know. But it's cool being part of something like that. Um, I never saw myself ever in that position years ago. And I wouldn't be in that position had it not been for social media.
0: Yeah, I can say so. Say social media has put me in a position that I would not have ever guessed. On you know, um, it's it's absolutely it's an absolutely. interesting thing. Yeah, it's like a it's like a double-edged sword, I guess you could say. Well, it's a fickle critter. If you it, and you can play it, um
1: I I play the the social media and the live. Um, I started reaching out to people. I would go to like an uh, arb fest. Um, a big start of it was TCIA, where I first met you, and I still hold it near and dear to my heart—the first time I met you—and I'd missed John Stedman by a matter of moments. Yeah. And my next instance was Arb Fest East, and I met Bill Burley, Ryan Torsacola, J- Jared Albertina. Brandon Hodder, Brandon Stevman, Brandon Hodder, he walked through the door with open arms and, uh, we've been friends ever since Brandon Steveman. We're on really good, friendly, uh, relation. Um, I've gotten better acquainted with Ryan Torcicolo. I would like to get better acquainted with Jared Albergina. Um, Bill Burley, Bill Burley opened a ton of doors for me. After our best East, I reached out to him, was like, Hey man, um, uh, I'd been climbing a moving rope system. I've been on a moving rope system for 27 years. and was like, hey, man, uh, I'd, I'd like to come on a workation, man. I'll even come work for free. Just help me get dialed into SRT. And was supposed to come up here to Rhode Island, where I am now, working for Jake Manfredi. And um, the company I was working with, one of the employees killed somebody on a bicycle, and I ended up being a material witness Dang. and couldn't make it up here. And I called Bill and was like, Hey, look, thanks for for it. And he's like, well, it's kind of cool. Cause I'm heading out to California. Can you get to California? And I was like, absolutely. I can definitely make it out there. Went out there, met, um, Missy Sue, met John Stedman, um, Judge Hiller, um, Eric Colossus for the first time, a whole bunch of big name people. And, people seeing me with those people kind of gave me a little bit of legitimacy and i was still a real nobody and i went and hung out with joey hooks and the first night i met joey hooks we stayed up until the sun came up and it was
0: like we'd known each other our whole lives and we were like brothers yeah and that's, um, that's uh, my uh, same same interaction with joey hooks <laughs> joey
1: hooks just an amazing amazing guy um uh, I still consider him a great friend. I wish I could see him more often um I got to see him a lot last year i'm I'm really looking forward to uh Joey Nohooks this year yeah um if you know the guy, you know he's got a lot of pain um I really feel for the guy and the amount of amount of shit that he's got to deal with daily with his own body yeah um it sucks it's such an amazing person It's just he lives in so much pain all the time. And I, and I'm a bit of an empath and, and it, I just hate it for him. Cause he's such a cool dude. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I met a, met a lot of cool people through Joey. And once again, hanging out with people that were already had legitimacy is just a total badass. Um, just being associated with those people kind of, I think got me looked at a little bit more and I just kept going and kept meeting people and traveling and, Um, the whole reason I started doing social media is the woman I was with and my mother didn't get along. And the only way I could really talk to my mom was doing Facebook. And if I didn't post for a couple of days, she'd hit me up. Hey, is everything okay? And so I started doing just the daily, Hey, good morning, everybody. And this is what I do. I'm really super passionate about it. I love it. I don't think we have any bad days. There's just some days that are better than others. Yeah, And uh, it, it's just been such a cool platform and it's, it's elevating more and more and more and more. And I think it's going to give me a great end run. Um, whether I stick with selling gear, I feel that my end run will be in education and training other people to do what I love and hopefully have the same passion with it that I have. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yep. Um, yep like this uh this past weekend uh, i've got real mixed feelings about how last week went down i was asked to come out to the new york state tree climbing competition and it's been a real sheltered comp and it's got a lot of fresh talent in it they're not all of them are, are daily tree workers uh they may be spray techs they may just have interest in it there was a huge amount of them that had never done a comp and it's been this small sheltered comp and they really haven't they're kind of behind they're still they they haven't caught up with the rest of the country if you will Um, and I went in there and I was arrogant and belligerent and I pretty much showed my ass but I think I was able to incite a change and show them where they're lacking I really wish I would have approached it differently. Um sometimes I get ahead of myself. I've got a really bad um habit of doing that. I've got a bit of a condition and uh, I'm not even gonna get into that, but uh Yeah. Sometimes I have remorse for how I approach things, look back on it I'm like, oh man, wow, I really poked a pooch on that. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> um, that's I just had, how it goes. Yeah, that's how it goes, man. But uh, I can have regret on that one. At the end of this, um, uh, in the at the end of it, all, all I can really do is say, Joel, I'm sorry, man. I wish I had done a better job for you, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, hopefully, I got him pointed in the right direction. I can but, say uh, that
0: I, the Utah competitions were similar to that, and then Ryan Torchocolio came in. And just, like, kind of showed him what a real climber is. I don't think yeah. anybody had ever seen that before.
1: That dude
0: is just, I listened to his podcast, uh,
1: Two Tree Guys in a Bucket of Beer, and uh, I listened to that recently. Uh, Brandon Hogger and I were coming back from Texas, and it was the first time I'd listened to that one. And that dude's got a really super cool story. Um, yeah, he does. Real fast-paced come up, and he got around the right people at the right time when things were really moving and shaking. Yeah. And really dialed in and took advantage of it. Um, really great story if you ever get a chance to listen to it. Um, he's uh, on a one-on-one. Uh, I've had uh, several interactions with him, uh fest East, R-Fest West, um, Georgia Cobb, um there's been a couple others. Um it, it's we've seen each other enough now that when we see each other it's hey man, how you doing, man? You're doing all right type thing and um I feel fortunate to
0: to have had some interaction with Ryan. He he seems like a really great guy all around. Yeah. You know, the first time I ever met Ryan uh was in person in Park City, Utah. I was cutting down some trees up there and Ryan and his, I guess, boss at the time right before he bought his company um, just came rolling up. And that, was, that wasn't even on Facebook groups at that point. And I ran into this guy. It was pretty funny. Um, uh, so we have a bit of a history. But, you know, and then he, he made that business and just stomped. I mean, he made a real mega business and then sold it to Save-A-Tree.
1: Yeah. Well, I remember seeing him at um, t c i a and he was still really amped and, and he was pretty animated and um, I think he was running like a bunch of pickups and uh, he was like, I don't care about tearing the yard. I'll send somebody back with dirt. I don't, I don't care. I'll smash the fence. I'll, I'll fix the fence. And I mean, he was just amped and driven. Um, and for a guy his age, I don't think I'd ever seen anybody that amped and driven and just extremely passionate about it. Um, it was really a breath of fresh air to see him yeah. in person doing his thing, if you will. Yeah. And uh, he wasn't doing training or anything there. I just happened to run across him. It was like eavesdropping on a conversation. and It was really cool. I was like, wow, listen to this guy.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, he was like, fuck it, I'll buy another truck. I don't care.
0: <laughs> it was just cool. It was, uh Very cool person to listen to. Yeah, Yeah, he's got a lot of knowledge. So what would you say is one of the most overlooked factors in the tree industry?
1: Overlooked factors?
0: Yeah. That's a good question. Overlooked factors.
1: Hmm. Wow, that's a deep question. Uh full speaks quickly, a wise man thinks. Um Wow. Overlooked factors.
0: I you know, I had this question because specifically for you. Because you and I have had some pretty deep conversations, I feel, in the past. Yeah. Um, in in person. And a lot of those things that we've talked about are things that have to do with endurance and putting ourselves in situations that are pretty terrifying in a way, I guess you could say, and like kind, kind yeah. of ha- having that like want and that need to do that. But there's like a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, factors that go along with somebody that does that. You know. Well, right? Deep thinker. You know, um, you know, diet is a big thing. I think diet is probably one of the most overlooked factors in tree work.
1: Oh, well,
0: uh,
1: I had a, a life changing experience. I got six teeth knocked out and, um, I didn't have dental insurance. I've never had good
0: insurance. Um, I hate dental. Knocked out doing trees.
1: Yeah, it was a series of events. Uh hurricane, uh used to use water cooler flip line, big heavy metal swivel hook, triple snap hook came around, smacked me in the mouth. Um that loosened up too and over a period of weeks they came out. Um F seven hundred bucket truck, the uh clutch linkage was messed up. Clutch pedal went all the way to the firewall. I wasn't even thinking about the spring. I barely touched it, it smacked me in the face, loosened up two more. Um, <clears throat> I broke one of the cardinal rules and was cutting over my head and made a flush cut. It came down, smacked me in the face, took out two more. And so, over a period of the next year, my, I started getting long in the tooth. My teeth started spreading out, and I was getting low grade infections. And I had them all pulled, and it was a nightmare. Um, nobody told me that when they pull teeth, there's they break bone. And over the next year, I had bone shards, and I was picking these things out with needle nose pliers. And um, I, I couldn't I couldn't eat anything. I couldn't wear dentures because of the, the bone spurs. And even to this day, I don't wear dentures. I had them for vanity, and I lost them off. That's a whole nother story. I was coming off uh, the Appalachian Trail, and I lost my teeth, and I just never bought any more because I just really don't care. And I can eat a steak. I can gnaw an apple. um, But I started eating different food. I started eating a lot of fruits and a lot of vegetables. Um, I would buy all this fresh fruit, and I would process it, and I would freeze it. And I would put it in a Ninja, and then my mom got me a Ninja Duo Fusion. And that thing would emulsify walnuts, uh, essential oils. And um, um, in combination with that, seven years ago, um, I mentioned earlier in the broadcast that um, I've got a bit of of a condition. For most of my adult life, they had me on a handful of antipsychotics every day. And it was eating my gallbladder and really messing up my liver, my spleen, my pancreas. And it took me about two years to come off of these government pharmaceuticals. And when I say antipsychotics, we're talking Seroquel, Klonopin, Halidol, Trazodone, Thorazine, um, just to name a few. And seven years ago, I quit taking all all pharmaceuticals. I haven't taken so much as an aspirin in seven years and my health started getting better after the after the 2 years of get, coming off of these drugs and eating better and <clears throat> finding natural remedies uh plantain weed um, um stinging nettle um bloodroot there's there's just so many natural remedies for just your common everyday things pineapple for muscle aches um adding chia seed into your diet um, a lot of asparagus spinach broccoli uh, dark green vegetables eat the skin um, lots and lots and lots of fruits um, coconut water so many people don't realize they're magnesium deficient um, potassium potassium easy to get potatoes and uh, tomatoes and all your fruits and vegetables bananas um, I try to keep a regimen of keeping that stuff in my body and um, learning things like um, if you cramp up turmeric, um, yellow mustard is a great source of turmeric and easy to keep with you on the job. You can just grab a couple of extra mustard packets and keep them in the truck. And if you cramp up, two, two tablespoons of mustard will take a cramp away so fast. But the problem that most people don't know is once you've gotten depleted, it takes 36 hours before you're back to full strength. If you're on a good diet and you've got to kind of mix things up, you've got to have like sea salt, uh, is a great part of your electrolytes. Um, it's, a lot of people, oh, I'm drink water, drink water, drink water. All you're doing is flushing your system out. You're you're not really putting anything back. You've got to, yeah, put exactly. these nutrients back in your body.
0: Yep. And, um, but, and you know, there's also something to say about that. Um, uh, you know, t- a too varied of a diet can can actually be detrimental to your health. But it, you know, um. It's, it's really comes down to vitamins and minerals. That's what, that's really right. what, what you're losing, you know, uh, yeah. doing this work constantly. Yeah. And you're constantly stressing out your muscles and, and putting them in shock, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, but
1: I, I'm not going to lie. Um, I got to die something and I love to eat. Um, I'm not a drinker. I mean, I, if, if I'm amongst friends, I'll drink a beer or two, maybe, um, I'm an occasional smoker. I'm not a I don't sit around and just cheap pot all day. I don't get up smoking. Um if I don't have it, I don't care. Yeah. Um uh, I quit smoking. Uh a tree of Palooza, Andrew Bayless pulled his dunk shot on this frickin' bucket and uh he's got this goofy thirty foot lanyard and I was busting his chops about it and Everybody else is struggling to get this bucket. He goes up and just throws his alley-oop with his 30-foot lanyard, cruises right up there, hits the bucket station. I'm like, I don't give a shit. If I get any other station, I'm getting this bucket station. I got up there in the Florida heat, and I was gassed. I couldn't breathe. And I was like, I am done smoking. I'm not going to smoke another cigarette. And I quit. And I'm not going to lie, I cheat every once in a while. I still love the taste of a cigarette. I hate the uh-huh. way they smell, but I love a cigarette every once in a while. Yeah. Um, but I started doing the vapes, and, and I really don't cheat on them like, like I would a cigarette. There's some days I'm like, oh, damn, I do have a vape. Okay. Um, other days when I'm stressing, I'm all on that thing like a like a porn flopper. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> um it's an indulgence. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to quit everything. Um, we've got to have some things that make us happy. I'm not saying abstain from everything, just moderation on some things. Maybe I don't, I don't know. Um, have fun with life. Um, but, but diet diet is so, so important. And it's so easy. Um, I go out on the trail. Um, you're familiar with that. I, I, I love going hiking and, um, a lot of that helped me develop the diet um, I've got a different regiment when I'm car traveling and when I'm hiking um, I've got a big hundred hundred quart cooler and I keep that loaded with body armors and waters and V8 and pink grapefruit and um, I'll go hit like an Aldi or a Lytle or something like that and I give me a bunch of bananas and grapes and pineapples and avocados avocados are freaking amazing um yeah diet diet's a a pretty big thing
0: yeah yeah it's it's huge um i would say that it's probably the number one uh cause for grumpy employees is poor diets you know most most uh tree work survives on red bull
1: Oh, a cup of coffee and a freaking breakfast bite, and then, and then then you get a poop, and you've got indigestion, and you, you really haven't gotten any kind of sustenance. Um, it, it's yeah. Um, I, I still indulge my coffee every morning. I, I love my coffee. Um, I like it light and sweet, um, a little bit sweeter than most. Yeah. Um, I grew up drinking black coffee. Um, I'm an adult now. I don't have to have it black and bitter. I I can have it sweet and creamy if I want. And I've got kind of a big sweet tooth. And um, I'm probably going to push myself to diabetes, even though I'm this tall, skinny guy. Um, Like I knew I was doing doing the talk with you tonight, and I grabbed myself a... Uh, a rare Dr. Pepper, I get one every once in a while, and I got my Reese's Fast Break candy bar, and <laughs> I'm going to sit
0: here and I'm going to drink on my Dr. Pepper and chew on my Fast Break and smoke me a cigarette. <laughs> hey, man, I'm doing about the same thing. I'm, well, I'm having a coffee and a Coke and a couple smokes. Right on. Yep, yep. So um, in tree work, yeah, I guess back back into tree work specifically, what... What's your favorite thing to do in tree work? Like cut down a tree, trim a tree, cranes, rigging? Uh, I really love the rigging challenge. Um, I'm rather adept at
1: all of it. Um, I was extremely fortunate to start out early in my career working with cranes. And depending on where I am, I am niched into that crane work. Like if I'm back home, I go work with Smith's Tree Care out of Newport News and they've got four two ton cranes and every day I'm going out with a 75 foot aerial lift a rear mount bucket truck and a 40 ton crane and it's just gotten to be a daily grind um, I'm kind of burned out and tired of crane
0: work it's just the same thing over and over and over again that's how I feel about crane work I barely um, it, do it anymore
1: it's just a chore. Um I, I built my own crane slings. Um I've got all the big saws and I just get tired of lugging that big shit around. Um I wish I did more pruning it, it, if I had my way about it. I really enjoy working a tree and pruning a tree, but then at the same time, it's monotonous and tedious. It, it just, because there, n- nobody's going to pay me to prune a tree. They want production. They want it knocked out quick, fast, and in a hurry. Yep. And I have found that salesmen, very few and far between, can properly sell a prune job. They just never get what money needs to be put on a proper prune.
0: Um I, you, my you prunes and get... my removals oh I don't know. I did a I did a big catalpa prune the other day. I'd say the tree was probably fifty feet tall. I had three main leads and I put eighteen hundred on a deadwood. Oh that's sweet. You know that's sweet. I, now, are us... we
1: talking pencil picking? Are we talking like wrist and wrist and bigger are we talking uh we're uh,
0: isa standards you know inch two inch inch, you know um, uh to the tips so you know all of it um there was a nice yard underneath um but it wasn't that big of a deal it took us four hours right on
1: that's Um, a good deal
0: and that's how i sell my pruning so my pruning i sell it at the same dollar amount or hour amount that I sell my, that I sell my, uh, my removals at, which is between four and five an hour. Right on. You know. Well, uh, I
1: come up here, I come up here to work with Jake and it's, it's primarily removals and... He's got all the toys. He's got the giant with a branch manager. He's got a mini excavator with a Ryan's grapple. He's got an ASV with a Ryan's grapple. He's got the nifty, uh, what is it, HD 63 or 64, or something like that. It's like 73 to the bottom of the basket. Um, he's got the... Uh, Big Vermeer, like a 1600XL or something like that. Take like 16 inch wood. Damn thing, will take 18 inch wood. Um, little F550 chip truck. Um, we do a lot of removals and it's a lot of rigging, um, a lot of span rigging, a lot of uh, double whip, uh, V rigging, a lot of technical stuff. Um, the trees up here they're really deceptive. When I first came up here I was like, Oh, there's no tall trees in Rhode Island. Yeah, there's some tall trees in Rhode Island. And they're um a lot of codom uh triple dominant stems. Um they're they're broad and spreading and they're fun. Um big heavy oaks. Um we we do some cool work up here. I, I really enjoy it. and and when it comes to tree work it also really depends on who I'm working with. If I had a a good crew to prune with. Like if I had another climber that was better caliber than me or coming up learning, I think I would have more fun doing pruning than just, Hey, you're almost done up there and you look down and everybody's on their phone and they're waiting on you to make a mess. And you're trying to rush there. I, I don't think that would be fun at all. But if I had, I, I hear stories, of people working with like Forrest McCullough and Kevin Mabry and, I know I went and worked with Chris Coates and I had a blast work, working with Coates and, um, he, he's, he does a lot of pruning and, uh, some really technical stuff. He, he's a blast to work with just because of some of the jobs he pulls off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He gets some good ones. I, I think the crew
0: really matters as well. What I'd rather be doing. Oh yeah. hundred
1: um, percent.
0: Right. Okay. So, um, I did have a question for you uh first crane job when was your first crane job and do you remember it oh yeah absolutely um
1: was working with civil service um on fort Eustis. uh it's a army transportation school base in uh, Newborn News, virginia they had an old link belt 40 ton crane and we were at the commissary parking lot we had three huge oak trees and back then, everything was done on cable sling with a, with a shackle. And you had, uh, the shackle was actually in the belly of the sling. Both eyes had to go to the hook and you choked back to the slings. It's kind of hard to um, visualize, I would guess. <clears throat> and we knew nothing. So a single choke, pick everything, um, that was as far as the first one that I did that I performed. Yeah. Um, the guy I'd worked for before, Dave Douglas, I'd watched him do a few. Um, I actually passed out from heat exhaustion doing this huge cottonwood. I've been over to pick up 056 or to fuel up an 056. I stood up and just completely passed out. Boop. Uh, so the first one I ever did was, uh, it would have been 95. 1995 somewhere in there
0: dang Um, dang i was five years old (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious a little bit of history
1: yeah a little bit of history and yeah i didn't really get good until i got with a guy phil hinton he's passed on now hamrods crane and i did his first tree with him he was already an established crane operator And it was a little bowed over pine, maybe 18, 20 inch at the base. And it was on a wood line and it bowed over about the full length of this little brick rancher, probably about 110, 120 foot tall. And he comes out with a little grove, 35 ton crane. He's like, so, uh, do you know what you're doing? And I was like, not really, not on something like this. I, I, I really don't know. And he's like, well, I think my crane will handle it. Uh, let's see if we can just scan this thing back up and uh, and go from there. And stood it back up, whenever just cut it off the base and let the whole thing down. And um, the next time I worked with them, they were doing a road widening project down in Hampton, Virginia. And we were right on power lines. And we had to be a lot safer. And we hit the power lines, blew a transformer. Um, and I got to work with this guy on and off with different companies. And I ran my own company for about five years. Oddly enough, we were the tree people, them them as well. And I'd get them a couple times a week. And I'd just line jobs up because it just made it fast. And I I could go in. And we started developing tactics, and we worked together so much. And um, the next thing I knew, we were both at Smith's. And we had a little grove, a um, little triaxle. Um, it was a 38-ton. It had like a little bit of an extra counterweight. And working with him every single day, I built my first set of crane swings <clears throat> and really dialed in our picks. And uh, we didn't have any communication headsets or anything. Like that. It was all hand signals. And we just got dialed in with each other, and they just got smoother and smoother and smoother and then i got hooked up with red wing logging and on a visit to their shop they took me to the splicing department and they started showing me dyneema and i was like man i'd love to have a crane sling built out of this and the top ring is a double loop of half inch dyneema each leg is 18 feet long and at the top it's got a We started out with all gear rings and then switched over to Alaska, so the eye splices wouldn't knock against each other. And got a a spliced eye at the bottom, and I covered them with a I cored out dinosaur, Yell dinosaur, and used the outer covering of three quarter inch dinosaur to cover the half inch. And once I built those, each leg was good for like nine thousand pounds, and they were lightweight, and it was, I was so used to those big red 20-foot slings, and they were just unbearable to maneuver around on the tree. Oh, and once I got to yeah. Dyneema, it got to the point where when we did have communications, the crane operator would ask me, hey, man, is it cut? And if it didn't pitch or yaw, like I would start off like an undercut and then come back and cut so it was kind of sitting on a shelf, kind of like a chisel cut. And, um, and if I didn't see it pitch or yaw, I'd just cut this thing off. And I've had many operators ask me, do I have it? Yeah, baby, (laughs) she's all yours. Because we tensioned it up a little bit. Um, The glory of uh, rotating cables, you can watch the Beckett. And every time it spins around, you know you got a couple hundred pounds on this thing. And um, just, you do them over and over and over and over again, man. It just becomes second nature. And here recently, I don't even use the crane slings. I go up with... uh, Two eight-foot nylons and a 12-foot nylon. And if I need the slings, I'll break them out. and I can do so much with just a single or two slings. Um, I see people like double picking limbs all the time. And I'm like, man, you could just put one sling right there and just pick it out. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm real big on the pick and deliver. Uh, give give your groundsman whatever they can handle. But Smiths they invested in a little mini excavator. And we got a brush band 1890 with a 275 horse engine uh 40 yard chip truck and when you got a 40 ton crane 75 foot lift mini excavator there's not much you can't give them and they can't keep up um you you can really put down some big trees with the right right
0: stuff yeah and with the right crew oh yeah i know, Mm -hmm. know the feeling and i love it you know but at the same time i've been kind of taking it chill and uh and that's been fun too you know
1: well that's what I've been doing on the road is is I get burned out i if I get feel like somebody's taking advantage of me, I'm like, eh, I'm, I'm done here for a little while, and they'll call me and blow my phone up and like Smith cut my pay by fifty dollars a day, cancel my insurance, um, took me off the books want to start ten ninety nine to me I was like, "You know what? Time for me to hit the road and I came up here, I'd have been invited by Jeremy Arnold. And then later on, Denny Bear and uh, Fran dried tree to come help with the New York State. And it was, I tore, uh, you got your meniscus, ACL, and some other tendon in your knee. And mine is the other one. It's the inside. I was doing back ISA, work climb, last climb of the day. I got my foot placed in a crotch and I twisted and I felt it pop. And I was supposed to be out for six to eight weeks. and the second after the first week I was ready to go back and do something. Second week I did go back and start I worked for Smith's for like two weeks and that's when they pulled that and I called Jake and he was like, Hey man, can I come up? And he was like, Absolutely. And so I ran up here, worked with him for a week, went to New York, come back here for four days. On the New Hampshire or uh Massachusetts, gonna go hang out with Andre for the weekend. Andre Sprague, amazing individual. Um go do that, come back here for a week and I'm going to head home and hang out with my lady and my dog. I haven't seen them in a long time. I really want to see my family. Um, And after 30 years in the industry, I'm finally going to go get my ISA certification. Um, A lot of people doing it for bragging rights or whatever. I see it as just an accomplishment. I, 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 I had said I was going to do it so many times, and I've just never done it. And I was flipping through emails, and Mac ISA was like, "Oh, this is coming up," and I was like, "Finally, finally, I can sign up and do this." And so that's what I've got coming up, and I'm looking forward to. Yeah,
0: yeah. I never got my ISA, and I'm never gonna get it. No. Nope. Um, I I'm I'm just too much of an anarchist at heart. Well, I. I... I can feel that, and I was that guy for so many years. But
1: I'm looking kind of at my end run, and I look at the people that I've got to deal with on my journey to my end run, and they want legitimacy. They want paperwork. They want to see that I had some follow through, that I am who I say I am. Yeah. And the ISA certification. I'm going to do it on my own. And Chris Goates offered to help me get my certified tree worker. And I want to put together a portfolio. I want to be able to say, well, I've got the paperwork that, that says I know what I already know I know. And I've proven that to myself. Uh, I had uh, Sean Welch put together a thing. Now you've reached you reach a canopy's edge. Now what? And I got to meet Dr. Gilman. And I was on that dude like Velcro and spent a weekend down there in Charlotte, listened to this guy, and it let me know that the information that I'd been putting out and telling other people was correct. And it made me feel good, but I'd like to have paper that says, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, if that makes any sense at all.
0: I, I don't uh-huh. knock it at all. I'm, I mean... Uh... I'm like, um, you know, just do what you feel is the right thing for you, and if that's what you feel is the right thing for you, then I think you should get your i s a as well as anybody who wants to get it you know uh they should get it well um,
1: right. it will never be something I throw in somebody's face well i'm an i s a certified arborist I'm not that guy I, yeah. I i i i take more credence and <clears throat> a lifetime of work that I've done, what I've actually experienced hands on, what I've seen trees that I've pruned 20 years ago, I can go back and say, Hey, look, see where we made those cuts. And it all goes back to the origins that when I first started doing it, I was introduced to proper pruning techniques then. And um, I wish I'd have had more insight on proper removal techniques, but we didn't have the tools <clears throat> that we do now. Um, everything's changed. Um, yeah, even even what they call them. Um, like I said in the beginning that we were robbing from mountain climbing, firefighting nautical. I come from a little bit of a nautical background. I was in the military. I was in the Navy. I was a bosun's mate. We I was on a auxiliary ammunition ship, and we did underway replenishment. And we'd pull alongside another ship, and we'd shoot a line across, pull a rope across, pull a cable across, and we'd send pallets back and forth between two ships as they were steaming across the ocean. And it, it was it was freaking amazing. Desert Shield, Desert Storm. I'm still friends with a lot of people in that conflict with to this day and they're still some of the best people i've ever known but it gave me real insight to doing trees um like people call it v-rigging we called it yard and stay and it came from the yard on and you would move cargo with a yard and stay rig and it's essentially a v-rig um to me uh Span rigging. Span rigging was totally foreign to me until I went out to California with Bill and we were doing the campfire in Paradise. And it was the first time I'd done a spurless removal. It was the first time I'd seen span rigging and was able to actually perform span rigging. And now that's one of my favorite tricks in the bag is, is a span and a double whip for a removal. Yeah. I can use smaller cordage and take stupid disgusting pieces um i can re uh redirect them out with a tie back or a tie two. i can strengthen a unit um and a lot of that came from hanging out with people like josh burr chris Coates, um just to name a few josh uh, josh, josh burr is,
0: is ridiculously good
1: oh i love that guy oh my god i learned something every time i get to hang out with burr he's He's by far one of the, over the last couple of years, he's one of my favorite people to hang out with. I I just
0: love that guy. Yeah, he he was here for a couple of weeks.
1: I saw that. I was so jelly. We talked about me coming out when he was out there and just, I run such a full schedule. And right now I have just, I've literally driven the wheels off this car. I've developed a shimmy. I know I've got to rebuild it before I come out to the Redwoods this year. I'm um, getting ready to fly out for uh tree topia. I'm taking my lady out to the Bay area. When I was in the Navy, I was actually out there and she's like, Oh, you got to take me out. I want to do this. I want to do that. I'm like, "Hell yeah, let's go. So we're going to fly out for tree and I'll come home. I'll be home for just a short period of time. And then I'm driving back out. Um, uh, there's, And I'm going to make it a long journey because I want I don't want to just go out there. I really want to hook up with uh, Daniel Goss, Michael Teller, one of those guys, Trevor Alton, be like, hey, man, put me in something big. Let, let me do something just ridiculous out here. Um, I'd like to come hang out with like, you and Scotty Steiner, uh, Walt Sanders. I- I've got to meet that guy in mm. person. Walt's well, um,
0: a beautiful soul. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely stopped. Super
1: awesome block. guy. Every experience I've had with him online, he just seems like just, like you said, just an awesome soul. I yeah. really – I dropped the ball on the way out to Wichita. I did Wichita on there, and uh, I was I was there. I was right up the road from him, and I just – I wanted to get back home, and I I feel like I slighted him by not going and seeing him. Um, that's a regret I have. And I hate living with regret, so I am not going to go cross-country again without stopping in and seeing Walt, either on the way out or on the way
0: back. That's and one so thing I've to learned to as a traveling arborist, is you need to take time to stop uh, oh, and, and see I, I do some touristy shit.
1: Um, I do a lot of touristy shit. Um, um, Leonidas, uh, I know I'm butchering his name, Leonidas Ladarski or something, uh, he's in Pennsylvania. Yeah. That's another guy I really want to stop in and see. Um, I feel like I've dropped the ball. Like, I'm up and back all the time up here to Rhode Island, and, and it really wouldn't be much of an effort to swing out of the way and see that guy because he's invited me. He's given me his number. Um, Paul Clayton, I had an opportunity to see, stop and see him at his place. And um,
0: Paul's a good guy.
1: Paul's a great guy. I've, I've run into him a couple of times. I think I met him first at tree Palooza, and then he was there at Rick and fingers. Um, but he invited me to stop by and I was there late, 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 late night and the GPS signal around his house really sucks. And it was so late. I didn't want him to like, have to come out and meet me somewhere, but the GPS dropped me off like in the middle of a cornfield and I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm paranoid schizophrenic and I was like, yeah, they're getting me out of here. They're going to kill me. There's, there's no way I'm fucking doing this. And I I was like, nope, I'm going I,
0: I'm continuing on. And, um, you know, uh, I couldn't, if you don't want to, uh, you don't have to, but I have an intense interest in mental health and agriculture. Really? <laughs> I do. So you don't have to talk about it, but you just mentioned, you know, yeah, it's, um, um, like I said, seven years ago, I came off all the pills Yeah.
1: and it has taken a lot of behavior modification. I still, um, I don't have a lot of impulse control when it comes to my mouth, um, and acting out. Um, I say inappropriate things and catch myself later on. Um, especially if I'm passionate about something, I really blurt out some in- inappropriate shit. Um, I had a recent experience. Well, we're not even going to talk about New York. Um, Artfest East, this last one. uh, Scotty Olson, great guy. He came up and goosed me like at the beginning of the show. And I had told myself I'm taking selfies with as many of my friends as I can. And I missed a bunch. I always do. But he'd come up and goosed me, and I missed my opportunity for a selfie. And we're at the brewery later on like a, like one of the after-party or whatever. And he's standing there talking to Jackie Fink. And they stopped talking. And as soon as they stopped talking, I was like, hey, Scotty, I missed my opportunity to put a selfie. And the first experience that Jackie Fink has to me, she's kind of short of stature, is my back, like, right in her face and me taking a selfie of, with Scotty. And she was like, are you serious, motherfucker? And I was just like... Oh, I am so sorry. Oh, my God. I am so sorry. And it was like immediate regret. And um, she was super cool about it. And we all three took another selfie. And like next day, she came up to me to the Tupper Burger booth and just kind of melted me. I-, I felt like such an ass. Um, But, uh, yeah, I can tell you some creepy stories about that. Um, Joey Nohook's climb. Um, Daniel Goss, Michael Teller. Uh, Scotty Steiner, Andrew Bayless. Um I think Andrew Andrew had actually gotten sick. Andrew was in the house. Um Joey uh Christian Hammond. Um um oh dang it, what is his name? Super, super, super cool guy out of Carolina. Um Asman Bartles. Mm-hmm. And um um oh Gosh, I can't remember the other guy. Um, He worked with Bob. He was with Bob's Growny for a while. Um, Gosh, I can't remember his name, but it was him and his wife. They were, or girlfriend, I think it was his wife, but they were out on the pier fishing. And the scenario that I had in my mind was that he was out there chumming for alligators. He was bringing in alligators, and they were like, hey, Todd, we're going to go out here and take a selfie. And if you look at that picture, I am at the back of the crowd, and my eyes are, damn near, bulging out of my head. I am in utter terror. I just have it in my mind that they are just, everyone is going to stab me and feed me to the alligators. And the first opportunity I got, I was off that pier. And I deal with that all the time. I have auditory and visual hallucinations. I have wild, wild, crazy conspiracy theories. I have wild theories on life, the universe, and everything. Um, well
0: so I was watching sorry to interrupt you, but I was watching No, 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 no. um I was watching uh something recently on some declassified documents, um from the CIA and the Montauk project, which is they made that stranger things movie out of it, right. Or sh- TV show out of it. But basically they developed the technology to like beam radio through radio waves, basically beam voices right into your fucking head. Um, I wouldn't doubt if they could do the same thing with, uh, with, um, you know, images as well, you know, so. Um, yeah. I tell people all the time my life is scripted. And
1: I have this phenomenon where articles will slip in and out of portals. And Brandon Harder can attest to this. He has witnessed it firsthand. Other people have been with me and they've witnessed these weird anomalies of my life seeming as though it's scripted. And the only thing that they can't control is me and my actions. But just weirdness 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 um it's i think it's part of the reason why i have the lifestyle that i do that i am this kind of loner uh traveling tree cutter is the amount of mistrust i have i love people and i want them to love me but at the same time i want to be alone i kind of enjoy being on the ragged edge um I've got a lot of trust issues. Um, I don't give two shits about money. I don't give two shits about personal possession. Um, I've had and lost so much over the years that I, I I know what it takes for me to be happy. Um, And it's extremely little. Um, Like right now I'm sitting in my car, I'm talking to you and I'm extremely content. I'm looking at my awning that I have set up with my hammock and my North American Rinkel trash bandas. And, um, I'm cool with the simple things. I'm cool with a great sunset, sunrise, uh, walk to a waterfall, uh, a long impassioned embrace with another person, great conversation. Um, it it doesn't take much to make me happy or to keep me happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Work work gives me guidance. It gives me structure. It gives me a foundation. It gives me something to do. It keeps my mind from wandering. I can focus. Um, but I work alone in groups. And um, I make up weird scenarios in my head. And I make up TV commercials. And I don't know if I forwarded it to you. I forwarded it to a bunch of people. I tri- posted it on uh, Us. Um... I always come up with just weird scenarios. Um, I, I have fun with life. Yeah. Uh, I didn't used to be that person. I used to be constantly on edge, um, argumentative. Uh, I got away from all that. I got away from the negativity. I got back to the simple things. Um, I would rather walk away. I'm a non-confrontational person. In the wrong se- setting, it can go totally the other direction. Um I used to be a very violent person. I used to get locked up, incarcerated, uh, committed. I've been in and out of mental institutions, um, in and out of jail. Um, Used to do a lot of drinking and drugging, got away from all of that. Um,
0: I would never say I'm sober, but um, close. (laughs) Close enough. You know, I don't think that even if you got off, you know, let's say you didn't smoke weed, you still wouldn't be sober, you know, like, you oh, have... no,
1: I'm always going to be sick.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, but even then, like, you're still got, you know, probably eating sugar, probably, you know, what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. like, dude, you just... oh, yeah, you're gonna have a vice of one. Shoulder, yeah, you're like. gonna have a vice. I mean, even if it's, you know, sleeping too much, like, you know, that can be an addiction for sure uh it's indulging my
1: my, my, my biggest addiction now is 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 the rush of facebook um that that acknowledgement that hey i see you people see me they acknowledge me it makes me the embrace of others the acknowledgement of the others the acceptance of others um because i am such a loner, going someplace the biggest high I get is going someplace and meeting somebody new and saying, and having them tell me, Oh man, I watch you all the time. And it's like, man, he'll like, <laughs> let me know you're watching. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things I found is if you want to find out who your stalkers are, change your story. Because not only does it show you how many people watched it, it will show you who watched it. And so every once in a while, I'll, I'll just post a picture, post a video, and and I I don't have a huge Facebook. Uh, I think I'm 1,200 friends. Uh, I go through and I purge uh, randomly. I'll drop 100, 200 people at any given time. And Facebook's pouring up along now that that I, I don't get a lot of uh, friend requests. If I do, it's it's usually spam. Um, somebody that I probably don't want to be friends with. And so I will throw up a list and be like, hey, can anybody vouch for these people? Are they cool? And some people laugh at me for it. And then other people are like, oh, yeah, you're definitely got to have that guy. He's cool. And it's worked out for me, like Carter Pete. Um, if it hadn't been for Burr, I probably would not have accepted Carter Pete. And that's been a great relationship.
0: Yeah, he's uh, a cool guy. Or Pete, I guess.
1: He's a great guy. Um, we've had some pretty decent conversations. I wish we had more. He was contacting me. And then uh, Dustin, Dustin Goodman's a great talker. I used to talk to him like once a week. Um, I've had a bunch of people that just randomly out of the blue just call me up and it just blow my mind. Um, Anthony crystal and Neve. I think I made a comment um I forget where even we were, and I was like, "Yeah, man, some of these guys are like superstars, man." Um, I forget exactly how the conversation went, and um, it was like, "Yeah, people really look up to these people." And he, he got quiet, and he looked over, and he's like, "Todd, you know, some of us really look up to you." And I was like, "What?" And he was like, "Yeah, man, see an old guy like you still getting it like you do, man. It's really cool." And that's that's a it humbled the shit out of me that that here I it, for the most part I'm, I'm a vir- virtual nobody. In my own eyes, but then I I run to these people at shows and everything else. It's like, oh man, I watch you all the time. It's like, wow, it's pretty
0: cool. Yeah, yeah. Facebook is, it's, it is cool like that. I like, I like going in the groups and fucking with people. Oh, your troll shit right now is just, uh, it's top notch, man.
1: The tree climbers page, oh my goodness, man. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I, I'd gotten into it with Horace Jones and I was out of sorts. I was in the wrong and Horace set me straight, but, um, I got pissy and I dumped almost every tree group out there. Somehow I was, uh, I had finger swipe past real tree men and women. Um, Drew Taylor's group. Yeah. Um, I'm still on that. Um, I kept tree focus because that's, uh Some pretty top-notch people, and and they really keep it in line. Um, There is no bashing. It's really just like, hey, uh, I got a question, or hey, what about this? What about that? Some really top people in there. A splice rack I kept, um, but pretty much nothing else. I dumped everything else, and then people started adding me um, back to things. Uh, Tree gang, I kind of hover around in there and listen Like if somebody has a legitimate question, I try to give advice, um the only one I really have, might have regret for is, is Tree Life and Gordon Gordon was like oh you're back in cuz somebody he'd said oh you you were trash in Tree Life and I was like no I said all tree groups are a dumpster fire some just not as blazing as others and uh I'd never singled out any group whatsoever and uh I even had like a top top badge for uh answering questions or something in Tree Life there was nothing negative against them. Um Jaden Anderson uh Anderson really changed my life. He was one of the first people that like I, I got trashed. I, I can't even remember exactly what it was. And I lost my itty bitty mind. And next thing I know, ding there's a message and it was Jaden and he was talking to me and we talked back and forth and it was right before he passed. And um I went out and got my knucks done kind of as an homage to him because he really, really changed the way I look at a lot of things. And so it kind of saddened me when I dumped Tree Life. But what you've got going on with that Tree Climbers page, it's just hilarious. The Moonraker today, uh, I don't know if it was from today or whenever, but I saw it today. <laughs> I was like, man, yeah, this is top notch. This is this is cool. I like that one and, and, and your, your, your throne. Yeah. Um, it looks like you were in like a giant pondo or something. I was like, man, that is a dope picture. I don't care who you are. That is just
0: badass. Yeah, that was in 2017 in uh, Oregon. It was it was a white fur.
1: Right on. Um, There's a, that's that's one
0: like a doggy fur. A white fur. White fur. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was only like 120 tall, but it was a fat tree. I mean, it was a very fat tree. Yeah,
1: it's girthy. It almost looked like it had a big on stem or something. It yeah, definitely looked like a
0: three of them. Three of them. Yeah, yeah.
1: I want to get out there. Um, I'm not gonna lie to you, Scotty Steiner, Jimmy Grant, Daniel Goss, Mike Keller. All I don't know if Paul White was with y'all. Trevor Alden. I see y'all doing your thing up there, and I'm like, man, I want to get out there with you guys and rock sometime, man. It just looks like such a good time. The camaraderie just
0: off the chain yeah Um, it's it's it truly is the best on the west coast but it's also the most hardcore like like hardcore hardcore it's it's like you know take no shit everybody yells at everybody the whole day in a nice way i guess but right
1: right well I, i i bill gave me gave me uh a great opportunity after the campfire and I got to go do a little bit of playing but we really didn't do anything serious and then I got to go hang out with him um up at Big Bear um after the apple fire down um uh, he he's based out of san Bernardino and I Uh, gunsight pass is where we were it's like 19,000 foot uh, elevation Mm -hmm. and everything was scorched and it had exposed things that people hadn't seen in 100 years you could see like the old log flumes on the mountain and the ash everywhere it looked like a moonscape and they're just notching and throwing or cutting these huge pondos just laying them down one after another for Edison they had like a Transmitter or something, they had this set of power lines that had to go up through this thing, and it was just miles of trees just knocking them down one after another. It was like, man. But once again, I didn't have any calls, and they want TCIA calls. They don't want ISA. They want uh tree worker one, tree worker two, sort of like climber, this, that, and the other. It's like, son of a bitch. Yeah, they want that out. Here, yeah. Yeah, if I go back out, I'm going to have my shit. Bill gave me all the books, and I've got them all filled out. And I need to just be like, hey, Bill, send this shit in so I can get my damn patch. Um, get my little certificate that says I am the guy I say I am. Um, and that's another reason why I want to get paid for it, is that I I can up the ante a little bit more. I, can't, I, I don't just have to come in and be like, look, I've got my own workman's comp. I've got my own insurance. I am a legitimate company. I am established. Uh, you can write the check to the tree people. You don't have to make it up to Todd Bragulia. You don't have to worry. You can 1099 me all day long. I don't give a shit. Um, I'm that guy.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I'm, I am a real contract climber. but <laughs> also know I'm going to go out there and take a real bite in the ass on my pay. Um, I went and worked for two weeks with About Trees and we had never talked about money and I really didn't give a shit about it, but two weeks at About Trees and they gave me a check for $320. I almost wiped my ass with it um, as a matter of principle.
0: <laughs> How did they get away with only giving you a check for $320?
1: <laughs> well, we had never agreed on money. Yeah. And I was just kind of hanging out with Bill and there was days that we didn't do shit. We run around. We, we went to this, we went to that No. But there was other days I busted my ass, and uh, shit, I get paid more than that in a fucking day, man. Half a day. I, 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 dude. I, I, yeah, my, my half day rate is three fifty on, on for somebody I like. There's plenty of people that's like, look, my phone rings for you, man. If you're calling me, I want my five hundred dollars, and like. There's other people, it's like 7, 8, man. Uh, you, you, you want me to do that, it's it's going to cost you. Um, you want me to come and do crane work, oh, I want $1,000. Um, line it up accordingly. Uh, you will make your money with me. Um, yeah. it's, it's I come with the full package. I'm coming with all my own gear, um, multiple top handles, mid-range, big saws, 880. Um, extra chains. I'm not coming out there to spend a day taking selfies and sharpening chains. Uh, i I came to work. Give me my JSA. Get out of my way. Let me. Let me do my thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's how I like to run it, right there. What's the worst uh, accident you've ever seen or been involved in on a tree job? Wow.
1: Okay. That one hits home. Um. I really don't even want to admit to this, but I am. Um, Thanksgiving weekend, I think it's been eight years now, nine years, eight, nine years. I was working for a mom and pop shop and it was family and it was the owner's son and two nephews. One of them left to go work his regular job and we had a young kid who was 14 years old. And he was just following me around. He was just shadowing me. It was the very end of the day. We were going around with the wheelbarrow. We were picking up the rapings And we had a brush bandit 1890 Intimidator. And the feed bottom was the aluminum bracket on the top controller was broken. You could pull, and somebody had plumbed it in reverse. Normally, when you pull the lever on a brush bandit, it uh, I may have this backwards. I don't know.
0: It's when you push it. When you push it, it goes in reverse, and when you pull it, okay, stop, stop. Stops when it.
1: you pull it, it'll suck in. When yeah. you push it, it'll it'll yep. kick it out. Well, they plumbed it in reverse, to where you had to. Mm. Yep. When you pulled it, it would suck in, and when you pushed it, it would. Or, or okay. I don't know. It yeah. was it was opposite. Yeah, it was opposite of how it was supposed to be. But it had a, a hydraulic cutoff on the side because of the winch. And we had a stick with a fork in it that we were using to actuate the valve to make it spit back out. It would suck in all day long, but it wouldn't kick out. And rather than taking that stick and getting it to reverse it, I just hit the switch on the side that shut off the hydraulics. And the machine was still engaged. It was still running wide open. And the the feed tray, the fold-down feed tray was gone. So, like, the distance between the back of the chipper and the feed rollers was nothing. Ugh. It was, like, right there in yeah. your face. Scary. And I turned the hydraulics off. And I would remember him staring at these two pine cones that were in the rollers. And they'd been rolling. And... We'd been using a plastic scoop shovel to kind of push the debris in. And I handed him the shovel, and he was off to the side of the chipper. He hadn't run the chipper. He hadn't done anything with the chipper the the whole time we'd been out there. And the chipper still running wide open. And I turned around. I had my back to him. I was about 15 feet away, and I heard the most God-awful sound I'd ever heard in my entire life, just this guttural, gurgling sound. And I turned around, and he's going through the chipper. And it got hung up about its waist. The auto-feed kicked in, and then it ate the rest of them. And human bone is the brightest white you've ever seen in your entire life. Jesus. And the smell. I will never forget the smell, and I will never forget the sound. And I remember hearing you screaming. And within a matter of milliseconds, I realized that it was me screaming. And the owner's son came over and he grabbed me and he hugged me. And I went over and I cut the machine off and I disengaged it. And he's like, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? I said, we got to call 911. we got to call your dad. Went around and told the homeowner. I said, ma'am, what's the lie? We've had a horrible accident. The young boy that was with us, he's gone. And she was in total disbelief. Everybody was in total disbelief. Called the owner. He didn't believe it. Uh, they sent out EMS. I had to open the machine for him. Um, I had the most horrible PTSD for two years. I remember I cried, just bawling, bawling like a baby for days. Um, they were feeding me out of band. I was eating them like Tic Tacs, and it was doing absolutely nothing. Uh, I cried for days. I remember going to grief counseling with EMS and police officers. And um, pe- people quit their jobs. EMTs quit their jobs over this. Um, just most horrific thing I've ever witnessed in my life. Um, nobody should ever, ever, ever have to witness something like that. It was totally preventable. You should have never been on the job. Um And I say that and I look back at my own career. I remember my son getting chicken pox and his mom couldn't take care of him. And we had him out on the job and we put him in a vest and a helmet, gloves, and gave him a blower. It was like, go over to that side of the yard and just run the blower. And people were like, oh, a kid should never be on the job. And I was like, man, sometimes, man, I had to eat, I had to work, I had to do what I had to do, but this kid should never ever been there and i replayed it over my head and still to this day i hate a chipper if you catch me behind a chip it's because i love you um uh, i i won't feed brush for just anybody and i've caught myself just staring into this feeders and i've had people just walk up and grab me and drag me away from the chipper because i'm just in this state of just total disassociation of where I am and what's going on. Um I've heard certain sounds out of a chip mean, literally just thrown up.
0: Um yeah,
1: that's that's my worst.
0: Damn. I've I don't think I've ever actually talked to somebody who's witnessed that sort of thing. And I would ha that that sucks, dude. I mean that that's just fucking shitty. How old was that kid? Fourteen Oh, yeah, he was way too young to be on a job, huh? Fourteen. He was like the owner's son? Um, His
1: parents had both died, and the owner had essentially adopted the two brothers and the sister. And um, it was Frankie and Stevie and Fallon. And uh, Stevie had gone on to work. And Frankie was there, and um, somebody tried to say it was suicide, and I've heard all kinds of dumb shit. And the only thing I can think of is he hit that lever, and he took that scoop shovel and was trying to feed those two pine cones in, and it grabbed that scoop shovel, and for some reason, he just hung on to it, and it just drug him in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You You don't think that he he didn't try to end his own life?
1: Uh, There's some controversy behind it. The owner's son was there, and um, the stepmother had denied him to go on a camping trip, and there, I really don't know the whole background behind it, but there was talk that it may have been a suicide rather than an accident.
0: Yeah. I mean, but I guess you'll never know.
1: Never know.
0: And and never know. There's no point in speculating, but that does raise raise some really good points about chipper safety, you know, for starters. Oh god yeah. For starters, you should never have somebody that's under 18 year chipper. Not a chipper, not a chipper, that, no, not the, a chipper like that.
1: The cable should have been there, the last resort stop should have been there. It should have never been plumbed in reverse. Should have never used the chipper that the feed controller did not work in both directions. Um, oh my goodness, there's so much. And it's um, one of the things that you kind of threw me off with of your first question what's the most uh, overlooked thing? What is the one thing that, that there isn't enough of? Training. I can't count how many stories, hundreds, hundreds of stories. Of people, oh yeah, man! They just threw me in this big truck and said, "Well, can you drive a stick shift?" Yeah, here's this chip truck. Drive this truck, truck. Um, oh, you know how to climb a tree? Go climb this tree. Um, I listen to Ryan Torscola's story, and it's like, oh my god! Yeah. Um, if you, if you hear his story, it's like holy shit. Um, I look at so many people that that have done this, and they'll get just a little inkling of training and next thing you know I'm starting my own company it's like oh my god no (laughs) don't do it um it's one of the reasons why I feel that I owe this industry to go out there and train more people to spread the word start at the basics start at the very beginning and just work your way up um, learn everything you possibly can about every angle, every aspect. Um, get around people smarter than you, better than you. Um, it's one of the reasons why I travel and seek out people that have more knowledge than I have. At 30 years, I've barely scratched the surface
0: 100%. of knowledge. You know, I, I feel the same uh, way at, at 12 years. you know, Like Josh Burr comes here and has shown me all this shit that I'm like, yeah, dude. dude. I'm like, wow, dude. My head is spinning. Like, <laughs> but I, I, I'll just say that my style is very simplistic. Like, oh me too. Super me too. simple. I don't use a lot me of too. gear. I use nope. light rigging. I use a sling and a and a and a couple like the purple pinto pulleys um
1: i like i love my isc my little green half inch iscs yeah, and well, i'm not gonna lie
0: I'll, I'll run
1: 14 mil for them um but my preferred rigging i, I love my 12 mil Sirius. i love 10 mil serious and that's when the little Pentos come into play rigging pintos um i love an ultra sling um i love a multi-sling um Uh, I I love some dead eye slings. I can do tie backs and tie twos and I can strengthen, um, a union. Um, I love my double whip. I love a span. Um, I love a V rig, uh, butt tie. If in doubt, rope it out. Uh, if in doubt, feather it out. Um, if I can, I'll send it big. Um, I to my help. Um, I, I will brutalize a tree with a handsaw. Give me a segue. I will rain death upon you. Um, uh, you look at my harness. Uh, I've got my lanyard. I've got a quickie. Um, I, I don't carry much up with me. Uh, yeah. I've, yeah, I've gotten more part. and more comfortable with this SRT, um, single
0: line. Uh, I've gotten more and more comfortable without spurs. What, um, um, what device do you run single line?
1: I'm a hitch climber guy, man. I love my hitch climber. Yeah. Um. With cool. with the cordage and uh, those big gym hitch breakers, man. I can get my frickin' hitch breaker, or hitch climber to run like a mechanical. That thing is just so buttery smooth. Um. And I even like the little hot, hockey pucks, non midline attachable ones. Um. They don't heat up like a Pento spacer. It's just a little wooden cup. Um. Uh, I, I love my hitch climber rope wrench. Rope um, wrench
0: is where it's at for me. I, I I got that new notch one, that nice silver one with the integrated the little
1: pulley. notch. Flow, yeah, with the with uh almost like a real round tether on it.
0: Yeah, that thing is phenomenal. It's Easy. everything I ever wanted in a rope wrench. Yeah, it's it's amazing, and that that in a prusik and. That's you know, and i can I can make that run like a rope runner, you know a lot right. of people that jump on my system end up getting bound up for some reason. um I usually break my my slack with the head of my rope wrench and then mm-hmm. and then yeah, kind of control it from there, but that's all well, I, I was a... that's all I've ran since two thousand nine well,
1: I started out with a fix uh double leg short tether and I'd left my climbing rig at the Georgia Comp, and I went to Joey No Climb, and Daniel Goss gave me a rope wrench and a single-leg tether, and I've never looked back. It kind of jacks the rope wrench off to the side. I can go straight to my hitch. Yeah. Um, I love HRC and EpiCord, 8 uh, mil, 28, um, Michi Khan or Catalan, depending on the r- g- rope, um, it never fails me. Um, Bill Burley turned me on to the Catalan, and it's just, uh, my memory goes right to it. I was a VT guy forever in the setback. I um, always had to set the freaking hitch, and I, I don't have to do that with Catalan or the Michikan. Khan. Um, they just <laughs> lock right up. Um, I like the Catalyst, I like the MC, Matt Cornell Hitch, um, the Fitch Hitch is pretty pretty bomber, but for the most part, Catalan, Catalan and the Michikan, um, HRC or Epi, um, rides on just about everything. And then I've <clears throat> pretty much, I've got um, 150 foot of the Galaxy KM3 Max, and I've got two 200 foot pieces of KM3, um, 24 strands, kind of bumpily. And I will single or double line all that stuff and do pretty much whatever I want. And hanging out, um, after Legends, I reached out to Chris Coates. And initially, he didn't respond. Bird did almost immediately. And I went and did a rec climb with him. They were both like forty-five minutes late. We met at like in a middle school. I'd seen him online climbing a DC and I'm thinking, he's so super cool. And we're out of middle school. And I'm thinking, oh, this is fucking lame. And these two guys, before I could even get a line in the tree, Coach is in the tree. He's redirected like three times. He is out on the tips with a hammock already set up. Burr is going up, set like Canabase, redirected like twice. He's already building a high line. He looks down and I'm just struggling i some trying to get in the tree. I think I was on adrenaline, this super spongy bouncy crap. He's like, you want me to set a Canabase? And I had no idea what a Canabase was. He sets it for me. I get in the tree and I start trying to move around and he's like, aren't you going to redirect up? And I had no idea what he was talking about. And at the end of the day, they uh, well, we built a high line. We hammocked up. We chilled. We dangled. At the end of the day, they took me out to dinner. Coach gave me a piece of his artwork. It's like him, Todd Trop, and uh, Ricky uh, Maui Bobby in a uh, big monkey pod in Hawaii. And uh, I've got this thing hanging just inside my door. Uh, I've got a mirror right on the other side. So I see it when I'm coming in. I see it when I'm going out. It means a lot to me. And after that, they are like, man, this was a test. A, to see if you'd come, B, to see if you'd actually climb. And they started inviting me to all kinds of cool stuff. And I've learned so much from those two guys, and I've met so many amazing people through them. They have just elevated everything about my climbing career, hanging out with those guys and all the people that they know has just launched me into the stratosphere of cool people. And I could sit here for 10 minutes naming off just amazing, amazing people that I've gained affiliation through those two people. Um, yeah, true. Uh, Jordan Cooper, Ryan Torsico, oh, no, not Ryan. Um, Doug Totrop. Doug was probably the top of the group. I saw him over and over and over and over again. And we didn't actually talk until Naam Williamsburg. I sold him a spool of firefly. And I thought it was like 400 feet, and I wasn't sure, and I gave him a price on it, and he calls me up, and he's like, hey, man, I think you sold me 600 foot of rope. And I was like, no, I sold you 400 foot of rope. If you got 600 foot, we're square. And I think that was the moment he realized I was a real individual that I wasn't just some
0: hard.
1: and he's an amazing
0: guy yeah. um i met um, i met doug in florida in like 2014 15 maybe um and doug and i hung out for a while man he's just so full of knowledge he knows so many tricks that's a deep guy that's a deep guy right there yeah um, he's very full of knowledge uh, but i've had a very uh, hard I'm not time with him online i'll tell you that
1: yeah yeah i, I i'm I would rather hang out with
0: Doug in person. Yes.
1: Much rather hang out with Doug in person. And I'm not going to talk religion or politics with Doug. I don't.
0: No. No, you
1: can't. No, way should. Yeah. Um, I don't like either. I think government is one big stew of criminals. And religion, modern religion, old religion, it's all about controlling the masses. Mm-hmm. I'm an extremely spiritual guy, uh, but I'm not going to church. Yeah. not it. Nothing happens.
0: Yeah, I um, feel you on that one.
1: Yeah, no It it's the last the last 3 or 4 years has been an absolutely amazing ride and I just see it getting better. I uh just getting better. Every day just something new, um, something more to look forward to. I'm really looking forward to hanging out with you again. I really want to hammer out some dates and, and do something other. Uh, I want to go out and do some trail hiking. Uh, uh, I've been watching your pictures and slot canyons and I've never...
0: Yeah, we've got some places here we can go get lost at for a little while. There's this place called the Peria Plateau. It's uh, in Arizona, Utah Arizona border. It's desert. Um, And we'd probably want to get like a side-by-side, which I can easily get. But there's... Formations there that nobody has ever seen. Um, you know, so there's places out here in the desert that we can go explore that nobody's been to. Um, That'd be sweet. You know, or nobody's laid eyes in the last hundred years or nobody's laid eyes and recorded it, you know. Right. Um, and, and there are formations that are just out of this world. Um, right. Know, and, and that's just the desert and then, then we have these big giant mountains that you can go you know the Uintas which I, I really think is probably where we should go but you gotta get here before you know I'd say just come around the, that Redwood Rec climb time that'd be about the perfect time right to go up there and
1: uh, no, there,
0: there's a lot but once,
1: I, once I get out
0: to the Redwoods it's like an
1: open slate for me Um, I have nothing nothing on my schedule um, I had considered going up to Alaska. My son lives in Seward and I thought about going up there for a month, but he's not going anywhere. I can do that next year. Um, I got a lot I want to do this year and hanging out with you on a one-on-one. is one of those things
0: Yeah. that I definitely want to hammer out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm down, man. I'm, I'm absolutely down. Uh, we'll probably end it there. We're hour and 40 minutes in, so.
1: <laughs> i knew it was gonna happen oh,
0: yeah. um oh yeah but we're gonna you know, i, I knew i was gonna get diarrhea of the mouth um no that's that's kind of what i need you know i need someone to come on here and tell their story and and it's not really even fully told if i mean we've kind of just scratched the surface on a lot of things oh yeah you know um, um there's there's a lot going on uh that you know even like the hiking for example and you know, just getting into that and getting into the depth and that will be something cool for the future. And, um, and then just, you know, more about the trees, man, it's, it's kind of endless. So. Oh yeah. I've
1: got fifty fifty one 51 years on the planet and I've got 30 years of stories with trees. Um, yeah. Uh, I've been put to the ringer. I've been through the hardships and the and, and ups and downs, the great times and the bad times, uh, working with nothing, working with everything. Um, and it just keeps getting better.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. Let's do – how long are you on the road for this time around?
1: Um, I'm Well, I'm on the road all the time. Um, I'm here with Jake until Thursday night, and then I'm heading to Mass for the New England tree climbing competition then i'll be back here for another week and then i'm heading home.
0: let's do a part two tomorrow night huh that'll work absolutely okay cool good deal so yeah just uh i mean if you're a listener you can just uh go on to the next episode because i'll i'll pretty much post these right back to back so
1: right on awesome good deal man i appreciate you taking the time
0: absolutely thank you for taking the time um i i really appreciate it and uh we'll catch you all later all right brother have a good one cool have fun be safe out there yes you got it you too all right bye later